Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And we are uh, looking at uh, world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM. If you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305-077 or email me at yonkrita at yahoo.com. That's I-O-N-C-R-E-T-A at yahoo.com. Alternately, you can always check our website, faithfm.org.au. Our theme for this week is the Bible and end time events. Our big questions, what does the Bible say about prophecy? Who will control the world? What are the signs of the time? How will the world end? And what is Satan's agenda? Our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric, it's a recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's good to have you with us, Eric. It's great to be here, and it's good to see a, a new face here today. I bet you um, Pastor Gary is sitting back on his sofa, having a hot drink, and just relaxing at the moment. And, and just... Uh, <laughs> uh, Putting some question marks there about uh, <laughs> us, how we are uh, going on today. But Eric, um, it's good to, to see you also. I remember some, um, you know, will be now a couple of years ago, I'll say, when we used to work together for that Aboriginal group. You know, yes. I was assisting on that sometime when you, when you need. And it was a really good time yes. to see those people coming along. And uh, uh, how is your retiring well, it's um, it's busy. Yeah, I still do a, a couple of days a week. Um, uh, a Bible study group is tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, then as we're getting back, uh, we do run an Aboriginal fellowship group in the afternoon every fortnight. And uh, yes, I remember you coming along and helping, and your wife singing as well. It was wonderful. Yeah, mm. really appreciated it. Yes, looking forward to do some more of those things together when it's possible. Mm. So, Eric, Eric, what's your understanding about who will control the world? Well, it's very interesting, Nick, um, because in today's world we have such um, different sort of leaders that we've had in the past. When you look at who leads America, we don't need to mention names, but we know who leads America, China, and they're all uh, excitable leaders where anything can happen, even Russia and, and different places. I mean, the Bible tells us clearly who will what's going to happen at the end of time, who the world leader will be. That's very interesting because we're going to study that tonight. Mm. And I have full confidence because when you study the Bible, it gives you the answers to these things. But, you know, Hitler thought he could do it. Um, you know, he was absolutely sure he could do it. And, you know, he he almost did it, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Russia, uh, there was actually a... Um, a man, a a German soldier that actually told him, because tonight we're going to have a look at a prophecy uh, in Daniel 2 tonight, Mm -hmm. and there was a German soldier called Franz Hassel, 
and he was actually a Seventh-day Adventist, and he actually was a literature evangelist. And a, a literature evangelist is somebody that that goes out to sharing God's word through uh, literature, selling Bibles, and making friends of people. And Franz was 40 years old when he was actually drafted into the German pioneer company 699. Mm-hmm. Their job was to build bridges in the front line, and that was their role. But uh, when he joined up, he told his commander that he was a Sabbath-keeping Christian, and he actually he was a conscientious objector. Uh, they actually dubbed him in, the, in his, his uh, company the carrot eater. They called him the carrot eater mm. because he wouldn't eat certain meats and uh, a Bible reader. They called him that. But, you know, later on in the war, he got a medal. He got the Maltese Cross uh, a good moral influence on the men of the company and he was promoted and he received new benefits such as he didn't actually have to do much outside work. But you know, when they were in Russia and uh, they were, um, they actually thought that the war would be over very quickly. They were so confident. And uh, what happened was that Franz actually went up to Captain uh, Mekis, a sergeant and a lieutenant and he told them that that, that uh, this we won't win the war, and uh, he told them of he actually talked about what we're talking about tonight, Daniel two, and he explained the prophecy to them, and uh, he said that uh, he looked earnestly into the captain's face and said, "Sir, the Bible's predictions." have been proved accurate again and again. And if accurate here, it means that we're fighting a losing battle. Mm-hmm. So uh, so uh, what happened was a week later, the captain said, Hassel, from now on, we will no longer operate a third of our motorized vehicles. The gasoline we will save so that when the end comes, we'll have enough fuel to come back home. And that's what happened. In the face of defeat, they turned and ran and they actually just got back onto the German side 30 minutes before the Russian soldiers came. This unit just got back in time. That's amazing. But he told them, he warned them, he said, no, the Bible says we will not succeed. This is how powerful this uh, this is. And as you were talking about Hitler, you know, he predicted a united Europe and the thousand years of world uh, dominion. Mm. He was working on that. And he said these famous things, uh, words, you know, see my people, we do not need anything from God. We do not ask anything from him except that he may let us alone. We want to fight our own wars with our own guns. Without God, we want to gain our victory without the help of of God, and that was in 1941. Mm. Very boastful and, uh, you know, uh, arrogant, arrogant mm. words. Mm. And as you mentioned about mm. this uh, soldier, Franz uh, Hassel, um, he he really play a, a role in the life of his friends mm. in the in the army. You know, you know how many people died on the Russian front? Mm. There were 2.7 million. Wow. German uh, soldier died, but Franz Hassel survived. Mm. That was amazing. I mean, because he knew the prophecies of the Bible. Yep. And also, he didn't actually. He actually had a wooden gun made. And when he when they ca- when he handed himself in to the uh, to the Americans, he actually handed over a wooden gun, and they could not believe it. Mm. God looked after him right throughout the war. He was able to keep his day of worship, the Sabbath, right throughout. Amazing. 
Yeah, and as you said a bit earlier, because uh, his commander, you know, trusted him, mm. and uh, they uh, stockpiled, you know, fuel uh, and provisions, they were able to return, you know, to the uh, to the uh, front line uh, where yes. they were safe. Yes, uh, a correct understanding of the Bible prophecy can save your life. Mm. The Bible foretold the doom of Hitler in the book of Daniel. Mm. Daniel's secrets of prophecy were written in the 6th century BC from an ancient Babylon in modern Iraq. Babylon is located about 50 miles south of today's Baghdad. And uh, we have uh, even places where you can go and see some of those wonders of Babylon. If you go in Germany at the Pergeum Museum, you can see the Eichter Gate, I think it's called, mm-hmm. which was reconstructed uh, back again, and uh, people can uh, visit that. Talking about Babylon was known as the one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Mm. And uh, we can see a lot of things today. Those people who are uh, lucky to go to visit those places, they can see some of the remains uh, around uh, that place. And one of the things which really characterized uh, Babylon was the lion. And also lions uh, are very mm. much associated with uh, Babylon, and we are going to look into that uh, a little bit more. Um, in those places, you you know, you can find remains of 53 temples, 300 smaller chapels, and over a hundred of altars, shrines, um, and all those things which were dedicated to their god, Marduk. Um, and the hanging gardens, you know, amazing. We, we all heard about those things uh, about uh, Babylon. Eric, what do you know about uh, this uh, question? Yeah. What happened to Nebuchadnezzar one night? Well, we need to go to the Bible. Uh, and uh, if you look at uh, uh, Daniel 2 and verse 1, uh, this is what happened to Nebuchadnezzar, the great king of Babylon. In fact, he was the most powerful of all the Babylonian kings. His name uh, meant uh, a Babylonian god. And uh, in verse chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled, his sleep left him. So here he is, he's uh, like me. I, have, I don't know about you, Nick, but I have a lot of dreams. And uh, sometimes I wake up and I remember the dreams, and other times they trouble me and I can't remember them. When I woke up, so here is this great king mm. having dreams as we all do. Yeah. And what did Nebuchadnezzar ask his officials, secret revealers, to do? Well, it says in verse 2, Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king. So what it's saying here is that um, the king is saying, Look, I can't remember my dream I've had. Now... Look, you fellas, you're, you, they'd actually been trained in uh, magic and religion. Uh, they were um, uh, used by the king to predict the timing and tactics of enemies. They cast spells on behalf of the king and they read the future through studying the stars and planets. So he, he expected them to recall the dream that he had. And, uh, and I believe they were well paid also to, oh, they would have, they <laughs> to have that luxury. position. <laughs> yes. and, and you know, to the wise men of Babylon, Eric, mm. the interpretation of a dream was not an unusual uh, or difficult 
task. Mm. Um, that is, of course, if the king would have told them what the dream was in well, the first place. But well, as you just mm. said, the, the, the king forgot his dream. And this is the problem, you see, they had, because it's easy to, if somebody tells you something and you're well paid and this is your role, to actually make up something to fit in with the story. Uh, and But the, they were absolutely terrified because they they wanted the king to tell them what he dreamt, but, of course, he's asking them, you know, prove to me. And then uh, could the wise man reveal the secret? And what was the, dr- the dream, the result of the dream? What do you think? Well, no, uh, it says here, doesn't it, in uh, verse uh, uh, 6, it says, uh, However, uh, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. And they answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will give its interpretation. And the king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time, because you see that my decision is, decision is firm. If you do not no, make known to me the dream, then there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me its interpretations. Mm. Can you also go to verse 10, just to read verse 10 for us, please? The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord or ruler has ever asked such thing of any magician, astrologer or Chaldean. All right. And for that reason, definitely the king was very angry and furious. You know, if you read verse 12, Mm. um, uh, also tells us uh, the reaction of the king. Yes, it says, For this reason the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the men of Babylon. And Eric, how true it was when they said there was not a man on earth who could interpret the dream. Mm. Only a god in heaven, as they were soon to find out. Yes. And uh, we'll, we are going to look uh, at that uh, in, a, in a moment. When Daniel heard about the situation, what did he ask the king? Now, just before uh, we answer this question, as Babylon uh, captured, you know, conquered Jerusalem and took some captives there, mm. among those captives there was also a young man by the name of uh, Daniel and his friends. And we know about them, you know, mm. um, it, even the children's like the those stories about Daniel and his friends. Mm. Now, when Daniel heard this uh, about the situation, what did he ask the king? Well, it says in verse 14, then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out um, to kill uh, the, the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. They might tell the king the interpretation. Mm. That was pretty brave to do that, you know, because uh, when you go before the king, you know, um, if the king is not pleased with you, your life is in hanging there, you know. (laughs) And but he went to the king and asked Mm. for time. 
Now, that's interesting because the king had said to the magicians and all these others, he says, I don't, I'm not giving you time. Yes. He, he was frustrated with them. But here, something's different here. He mm-hmm. must have seen something in Daniel. or He must he must have observed Daniel. There must have been something that he trusted a, a bit here of this man. Absolutely. And God was working on the, uh, on the king also, you know. Mm. Um, we have a question also to ask, uh, what was the most important thing Daniel could do for God to reveal the dream to him. I think this is a very important. If we look in Daniel um, uh, chapter two, verses seventeen, eighteen, um, Eric. Mm, yeah. What What was What we can find out there in those verses? Well, it says in the Bible. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Mm. So he went to God. When you need to unlock uh, mysteries uh, of the future or the Bible, uh, something going on in your life, when you want answers to your questions, or when you desire support and strength to cope with the tough personal situation, mm-hmm. try talk to God in prayer, and this as is, Daniel did. And this is a different line to the what the uh, sorcerers and that were doing. They were they were going to looking at the planets and the stars, like today with astrology, or people go and to seances and these sort of things. It's it's an evil power there. We must turn to God. And this this is the two lines that are being drawn here. Mm-hmm. We see the power of God now are taking place, for sure. All right, and then how did God reveal the secrets to Daniel? What happened to Daniel? We can look in uh, verse 19 Gen- yep. uh, from Daniel 2. Yep. It says there, Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Mm. Yes. And then uh, what uh, what Daniel uh, say about God of heaven? Mm. What we can find in uh, verses 21 and 22? It says there, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wide, wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells in him. Wow, talking about kings here, you know, yeah. that's uh, definitely would have interested uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he says, reveals deep and secret things. Yeah. He so knows what is in the darkness, yeah. you know, yeah. and light dwells with him, yeah. with God. Very interesting. So it's saying here, it's not human kings or armies who control the destiny of this power mm. planet. It's actually God that is in control. Yes. Yeah, the, the, over, the overall purpose of this whole dream was to reveal the hidden secret that it is God. Mm. Not human kings or armies who controls the destiny of this planet mm. because God has it in his hands. He's the almighty, powerful, in control. God knows everything and that's amazing. Daniel knew that and experienced that thing with his God. What did Daniel say the king saw in the dream? Because we are going now to see that Daniel is able to um, interpret the dream to the king. Yes. So he comes to the king. Um, God's now revealed this vision to Daniel, and we pick it up in verse 31. Uh, And it says, You, O king, were watching, 
and behold a great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and its form was awesome. It goes on to say, um, this image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Mm. It almost, I, I can uh, feel that situation there like um, the king saying to Daniel yes Daniel you've got tell me more tell me more that's exactly what uh, I have yeah. dream I remember now you know the, in the morning I was just um, driving with my son in the car and he said you know I would like to share a dream with you ahead but I I write it down straight away because otherwise I would have uh, forgot it. Mm-hmm. And so many things happen with us you know that we have a dream probably could be significant but we just Oh God! Yes, and the and the king here, you know, he would have been absolutely amazed as, as he recalled the dream, as as Daniel spoke about it. He said, "That's it, that's it. Look, I've been paying all these other fellows money. I've been trusting in them, mm. and you come to me, this little you know man, young man, and here you are. You're telling me this dream. I, I that's exactly what I dreamed. He would have been absolutely amazed. Imagine somebody yeah. coming to you and recalling your dream." Yes, absolutely amazing. And, and we haven't uh, touched uh, a lot on the fact that the decree was already given to kill those uh, yes. wise men, you know, yeah. those uh, um, secret tellers, um, yeah. because they were not able to do that. And when the word came to Daniel, uh, he he was concerned too because he yes. was kind of part of that group, <laughs> yes. you know, because uh, he was trained. The palace, and um, he was a young, uh, wise man, and his friends. Um, but very important that he stood up and he believed in his God, and he was mm. able to save his life, and not only his life, but also the life of his friends and all other people in the kingdom. That's right. Just as we talked about the soldier, we started this. You know, Daniel was faithful, mm. and we know that he prayed three times. You know, we we and he's prayed in the open too. You know, so Daniel's um, character here is revealing God's character that he is true and solid. This other side was evil, mm-hmm. and like the devil produces signs and wonders, so it is with his these other people on the other side, the magicians and that. Absolutely. So Daniel was standing on the word of God. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what were the uh, um, various elements that made up that image? Because now Daniel is uh, telling the king, you, you dreamed about a big image, and he's explaining that one. Um, can you just uh, share with us from uh, Daniel 2, from verses 32, 33? 32, 33? Yes, please. It says, This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. And then it goes on and says, You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Interesting that this is very particular, you know, Mm. to to give so many details about that image and um, the description of the various elements... uh, in that image, you know, like gold, silver, uh, 
bronze, uh, uh, iron, clay, and iron mixed yeah. together. That's that's significant, you know, yes. to be so detailed. Mm-hmm. Is that relevant um, uh, when you look into explanation of such a thing that it's meaningful? You know, it yes. tells you something. It's not just a uh, just one of those dreams. You know, you just dream it because you ate too much in the evening, or uh, uh, you know. Mm. That's, this is something significant. God is telling this king and obviously his people like Daniel what's going to happen in the future because we are going to look into that in just in, uh, yeah. um, in a few moments. It's, a, it's amazing, you know. No wonder the king was troubled seeing this great big, I mean, the height of this statue must have been tremendous. And then having all these different metals starting off with the precious with the gold and then going down to the less precious silver. And mm. right, it must have been a, a, a real image to see. Uh, Let's look at then uh, the head, you know, which was uh, pure gold. Mm. Uh, what does the head of gold represent, Eric? So now the king's been told uh, about this image that he see. Now, Daniel in verse 36, the God now says, look, this is, reveals to him the interpretation of the dream. It says, this is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king are a king of kings. So Daniel here is praising him. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. Mm, wonderful. You know, I think the king really liked that. <laughs> I think so, yes. And you know, Babylon was ruling from uh, 600... O five up to five hundred three eight mm. uh, BC. That's history. There's nothing like you know. Many people will say, "Oh, there are things in the Bible there," but who knows if mm. they are true? Who wrote those things? I heard that many times. But look, this history here yeah. is backing up the Bible. That was yes. reality, and those things were written hundreds uh, of years before, you know, even if you look into uh, some other parts of the Bible about prophecies of, uh, of the Bible. Yes, and if, if you look back in the history books, there it is that uh, this is the reign of, of Babylon. This is when it happened. And also, you know, the, um, the robes of the priests back then were actually interlaced with gold. Gold mm-hmm. was a strong feature in the Babylonian kingdom. It was known as the kingdom of gold, a very rich and powerful kingdom. Absolutely. Full of gold. And so this is why this gold metal uh, represents this uh, Babylon, this and, king. And truly Babylon was a golden city. Mm. Uh, that appear to have a golden future. Mm. You know what was like Babylon, yes. as we mentioned a bit earlier, the 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 wonder of of the world. Mm. Um, but what did the prophet Isaiah predict would happen to Babylon? Because we mentioned that even before this, mm. the prophets of God uh, foretold things about this power. Yes, Isaiah 13, uh, verses 19 to 20 says, And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It will never be inhabited mm-hmm. or will be settled from generation to generation, nor will the uh, Arabian pitch tents there, nor will the shepherds make their sheepfolds there. Mm. Yeah, wow, it's going to be desolate. Uh, amazing. And those yep. things came through, as I just mentioned a bit earlier. Uh, if you go now in, in that part of the world, you'll see the remains of that uh, empire, but nothing is inhabited, particularly in those, those parts of the, 
the world. And it's amazing too because Babylon appeared to be, you know, almost impossible to take. The city walls were 60 meters high and thick enough to hold chariot races on the top. This was a powerful, powerful kingdom, and the thought of it being overthrown was impossible to the king. And I heard about that even three chariots side by side can go on top of those walls. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> But we are coming to to the next uh, part of that uh, image. Uh, now that was symbolized by silver, mm-hmm. and the Medes and the Persians, through Cyrus, defeated Babylon in 538. As you said, even though that great city, uh, which looked like that nobody could defeat it, uh, Cyrus. This king, and this is amazing also about the, the king, how the Bible portrayed this, uh, this king. Uh, you may heard about the um, Cyrus cylinder found in Babylon, mm. um, praises the, the conquest of King Cyrus of Persia. Cyrus, the Persian uh, military leader, diverted the water from the river Euphrates, mm. which was running directly through the city of Babylon. Then he marched his army through the riverbed and under the city walls, claiming victory over a um, complacent and unsuspected, unsuspecting um, Babylon. Yes, so it says there, um, but after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. So this is talking about the silver. It's interesting that uh, Meadow, Meadow Persia uh, was represented by silver because silver was actually their money system. They used, it was a metal of their money system and the Persian warriors used them for personal adornment. They mm. actually had silver on their armour and things. So yeah, it, it identifies who that kingdom was for sure. Hey Eric, before we go further, I think it's just time to take a short break. We are going to play uh, a song and um, we'll be back uh, shortly. Please stay with us. This is about Daniel. Let's listen to this uh, song. Blessed be the name of God. Giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know, understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee. God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. Blessed be the name of God. 
Welcome back. Uh, you, are, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita. Our co-host today is um, Eric and uh, we are looking into the big questions today. Who will control the world? And you just listened to a beautiful uh, scripture song from uh, the book of Daniel chapter 2 from verses uh, 20 to 23. Eric, we are uh, talking about that great image which uh, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, dreamed of. And uh, Daniel, um, a man of God, the one who trusted in the Lord, the the Lord Almighty, was able to tell the king the dream. Mm -hmm. And we are now up to the third section, let's say, on that uh, image, talking about the bronze what metal was used then um, to represent this third kingdom and the nation which will take over the middle persia well it says then the bible in verse uh, last part of 39 it says in another a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule all over the earth but just let me go back to the medo persian just for a moment something that struck me when we we're talking about it when you look at the image uh the image of uh, silver uh, and then you see the arms are interlocked and it says that um, that Cyrus of Persia welded the two elements of the two kingdoms together and see they've got the locked arms mm-hmm. of two of them mm-hmm. in power. So I think that's quite significant as well that he was able to get the two kingdoms to come out, to come together just as God predicted. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And even, uh, you know, uh, as you look into the uh, body, you know, the... Uh, you know, the head was a bit smaller, you know, yes. the, that part of the the image mm-hmm. and the dominion of that kingdom was, was shorter than uh, the next one. And, uh, yes. you know, and even we'll look later on to see uh, further down the body, you know, mm-hmm. when you talk to the legs, you know, the longest period. Very interesting how God portrayed um, and uh, foretold the, um, the future. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about uh, this third kingdom, mm-hmm. what do you know about this kingdom? Well, this kingdom of France was, uh, un- well, it was actually Alexander the Great, wasn't it, that led the Greeks to victory over the Medes and Persians. If you look at the, if you look at the Bible, you go to a history book, uh, you'll see it was 331 BC in the Battle of Arbella. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, the Greeks were known for their bronze armor and very swift victories. Alexander the Great, they said he moved very fast and conquered a a lot. We heard as a young uh, general, a young uh, soldier, when he cried out that there is no more to conquer. Yes, he was quite young, yes. Yes. Mm. And he died uh, quite young also. Mm. You know, the Jewish historian Josephus documented, documented how Alexander the Great knew his destiny as a result of being shown the prophecy of Daniel. Mm. And this is amazing. This, uh, you know that uh, um, Alexander, the, he went in Jerusalem mm. and he didn't destroy Jerusalem. Actually, um, the priests and the people in Jerusalem came before him and told him, you know, we know about you, mm. that you'll come over. And he believed and he, he spared Jerusalem in, on his way, you know, to, to, towards Egypt and so on. Mm. All right, then uh, you just said that the metal which was uh, used for this kingdom is bronze and uh, you could mm. see that in their armor and, um, uh, yeah, uh, very strong, uh, also stronger than the silver one. Mm-hmm. 
And um, we are going to the next one. Mm-hmm. What metal was used to represent the fourth kingdom? Well, in verse 40, and it says, The fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Mm. Wow. And uh, now we know about the Roman Empire because uh, lots of uh, the Bible, you know, uh, speaks about that. And uh, Jesus himself uh, came on this earth and uh, lived his life during this uh, period of the Romans. And that was uh, an amazing, uh, you know, kingdom to to really um, fulfill that prophecy of the Bible. Very tough, very strong, a long period of time was the darkest time of the people of Israel, to say so, during that period of time. Yes. So this, this um, we're talking about here, this, these, this iron, uh, amazing, amazingly strong kingdom. Uh, upon Alexander's death, his generals divided the empire amongst themselves. They divided the kingdom uh, into different pieces. Interesting, the Bible mentions that. Oh, you, yeah, you're talking about the Greek uh, empire as yes. uh, again, Greek yeah. First, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yep. abso- yeah, absolutely. Now, that, that's, yep. that's true because, uh, uh, again, we are going to look into that a bit later on, uh, Eric, uh, how uh, important was because we are going to uh, parallel the book of Daniel with the book of Revelation mm. uh, to see some of the uh, parallels there um, about this. But just today, yeah, we are going just um, quickly, you know, just take this uh, image, you know, uh, and uh, show some of the interpretation mm. uh, of this. So this iron, of course, is Rome that, that ruled with an iron fist. Um, and uh, they defeated the Greeks at the Battle of Panea in 168 B.C., mm-hmm. And this was the fourth kingdom as strong as iron and the longest lasting, as you mentioned before. Yeah, they ruled uh, from uh, 168 uh, BC Mm -hmm. and up to 476 uh, AD, Hmm. a long period of time. Hmm. Yes, very, very strong. And, uh, you know, we've read about the cruelty of Rome, Mm -hmm. too. You know, this was a time when Jesus was crucified. Yes. And uh, the, 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 you know, the... The terrible, um, yeah, the way they went and they were so cruel to people, yeah, uh, they ironed through, they ruled through fear. Mm. Now also, uh, as we see here the sequence of all these empires, Mm. they were uh, coming into power, but the Bible says that some, another power will come up and will take over Mm. and so on and so forth. But with this one, with the fourth uh, um, empire, talking about Rome, we don't find in the Bible um, specifically uh, that another power will come to take over them in history. No, that's, that's very right. interesting, you know, to just mm-hmm. uh, look at that. Um, now, but over these legs of iron, mm-hmm. we're going back now to see the toes, uh, you know, of clay and iron, mm-hmm. mixed with clay and iron. Now, how is the breakup of Rome into modern Europe described in this prophecy? Well, as you're saying, Nick, this is where it all changes. This is where things uh, uh, change and split up because it says in verse 41, Whereas you saw the feet and the toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, 
just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. Mm. Absolutely. And mm. talking about this uh, power, you know, the the monarchy of uh, Rome really broke the, the Greeks in uh, 1686, just said. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, just uh, I would like to just mention a couple of things here about mm. uh, Rome. Mm. Um, I don't know how, if I will pronounce correctly this name, Hippolytus who lived in Rome at the end of the second century, said, Rejoice, blessed Daniel, thou hast not been in error. All these things have come to pass. Already iron rules. Already it subdues and breaks in pieces. Amazing uh, declaration um, about about this power. Uh, Now, Rome broke, as we said, in ten uh, um, kingdoms. Mm. The barbarians' tribes attack Rome, mm. and um, these are uh, these barbarian were like uh, um, like the Franks, uh, Alemans, the Ostrogoths, Lombards, Burgundies, Heruls, Vandals, and uh, Visigoths, and so on. Mm. You know, interesting. All those ten kingdoms, which uh, break from the Rome, they formed the modern Europe. Yes. France, and Germany. Yes. Yes. Yep. yes. I mean, we are just going to, uh, to look mm. into that uh, on um, the divide in Europe, uh, as you just mentioned, speaks about those um, countries of uh, today, modern Europe. Mm. The nations of Europe today have descended from the division of the Roman Empire, and it remains today a divided kingdom. Mm. Because as the Bible says that these kingdoms will cling together but will never unite, you mm. know. And even, look at even uh, European Union. Um, they have some troubles just not long ago, uh, you know, the Brexit and all those things uh, happened there. Um, amazing. And we have names in the during modern Europe. Mm. Uh, you talk about uh, uh, Charles V, Louis XIV, um, Napoleon, uh, Kaiser William, and we mentioned earlier Hitler. All these um, men, they thought they, they can take over the world. And it's also interesting, too, that the iron, unlike all the other metals, this one stays but it's not the world mm. dominance. It's mixed with the clay. Mm-hmm. So therefore, Rome still has a power that will go through to the end. It still exists in the toes and the feet. It does not disappear. It hasn't been taken over completely. So Rome st- still has a part to play today yes. in world events. And the, you mentioned earlier, already in, in, in uh, the book of Daniel, chapter 2, that uh, the end of this Empire, when that rock will be cast, you know, from, mm. um, you know, with no hand, yep. will strike that image of the, uh, the feet there and destroy it. When we are talking about that uh, later on, that's the kingdom of God. That's right. You know, that's the kingdom of God. And what's interesting in these two, it talks about um, even the mingling of the seed of men, talking about intermarriage between countries will not unite. Uh, certain powers to become so strong that they will develop into one world power. Yes. 
That's interesting to me too because in, in various times there have been, that's what they used to do when uh, in the old days they used to have marriages of convenience where they would gain power and lands and kingdoms. Mm-hmm. But this says here that they will not work. It will not work at the end of time, in yes. this time period. Yeah. And just mentioning earlier, talking about Hitler uh, and his uh, dreams, you know, to unite the world. And mm. um, now we, I mentioned about Napoleon. He marched half a million soldiers into Russia, uh, but he was defeated the, uh, by the Russian winter. Mm. Um, the deliverance of Europe from the dominion of uh, uh, Napoleon was offered uh, neither by the Russian, mm. nor by the German, nor by the England, by by the hand of God. And he even recognized himself, uh, Napoleon, that uh, not a human hand defeated him. That's right. You know, but, uh, and even Hussein, you know, he strongly believed in, in Hitler's dream too, didn't he? He tried to do the same sort of thing, Hussein. Mm. Yes. Now, talking about this, uh, Eric, uh, would the European kingdoms ever seek to unite and how successful will they be? Now you mentioned a bit earlier that they um, they're trying but they're not su- uh, successful. Let's read a, a passage in uh, yep. Daniel 2 verse 43. Yep and it says and as you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay they will mingle with the seed of men but they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. Mm. You know um, uh, Nick um you know, at home we break a few things, and I know I've tried to get this instant glue when uh, when a ceramic thing breaks. You try and, but you've got to have the right glue to put that certain piece back. You can't just use any old glue. Mm. And what it's saying here that nothing will work, nothing will be able to bind the this this back together. Just as this prophecy has has been fulfilled, there's been no world power that's dominated the known world since Rome. And this will continue to be a divided. Uh, it will be divided. Uh, we know. Some power. people ask us today. You know, they're worried. They have nuclear weapons being. I mean, you know, even um, Australia is now pouring a lot of money in defence. Mm-hmm. Worried about China. What China's going to do? And people are worried about a, a nuclear bomb or something's going to end it. But, um, but it says no. It's that's not the way it's going to happen. And then, Eric, who will set up the final kingdom? Let's look in Daniel uh, 2, uh, verse 44, and probably compare this with uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 4. Yep. And it says here, straight after this, iron does not mix with clay, in verse 44, and it says, And in the days of those these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall uh, break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever, inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Mm. Absolutely. The Bible predicts that it will be Jesus who will set up uh, his kingdom. It will not be China, not the United States, nor Israel. There will be no fifth world empire. No. But it will be an empire ruled by the king of kings. And this big rock, this big stone, you know, God is the rock. It is talked about in the Bible that God is the rock, the foundation, the strength that will come at the end and 
you know, made without hands. In other words, it's, it's from God. Uh, and that to me is really powerful, you know. And in the first Corinthians, did you read that verse in first Corinthians um, chapter 10, yeah. uh, verse 4? Uh, I, I will read this one and okay. it says, uh, And all of them drank the same spiritual water. From they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yes. You see, mm-hmm. when we're talking about that rock, will will uh, hit that statue at the bottom. Mm. That's Christ's kingdom. And that's big thing, Nick. Today is that as we have read this prophecy and studied it from the Bible here, and you line it up with the history books. Just check it out, people, and see what it, see that it lines up. We are living. In the time now of where the iron and the clay does not mingle, we do not have one world power. We are now living, we've gone through that history. Mm. So here we are now living in an exciting time, a time when Jesus' kingdom is going to be set up. We're living in that time. Mm. That's, that stone will strike the statue at its feet. Mm. This indicates that Jesus will come during the time of the divided nations. Yes. We are living at the This time, hmm. the time of the toes. That's amazing, Eric, yes. to understand this. We looked uh, today about the sequence of these kingdoms, the, the, the empires, you know, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and divided Europe. We are here. How much is left, Eric? Hmm. Well, I tell you, this prophecy here, when I was, um, uh, before I became a Christian and I was going to meetings, I remember Pastor Uh, Billy Otto in, in Christchurch, New Zealand, many years ago, talked about this prophecy. And I read it, and I couldn't believe what I was reading. When you read it for the first time and always after then, it's such a revelation that this is one of the things that prove that the Bible is true. You cannot, you cannot put something like this. I mean, you look at all those metals were inferior to the one above it. So therefore, if the soothsayers and that had made up a story about what the king, if the king had told me it was an image, what do you think? They would have changed it around. They would have put the inferior metals mm-hmm. at the top and worked through. Absolutely. And that's the way we humanly think. But this shows that this prophecy, this is divine. The word is divine. And to me, uh, it just adds to my faith because it shows me that we serve a living God who is true and that this is the world history. You can't doubt that. Who can say there is no God when you read this? I mean, These, um, this prophecy is in the Dead Sea Scrolls. I mean, it's, it's, it's dated well, well before time. Mm. And now we're living at the end of time. Yes. Yeah. Eric, we are going to take a very short break sure. and we'll come back for uh, conclusions. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. This is Faith FM Drive Time. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family, or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And I can tell you, dear friends, if you can put your hands on that book, The Great Controversy, that's an amazing book and will explain a lots of these things more in uh, detail. Please ring the station and get that book for free today. Eric, 
we are coming to conclude today. Now we are coming to one of our last questions. What did Nebuchadnezzar say about Daniel's God when he realized that Daniel could reveal the meaning of his dream? Mm. Now, if we look on, uh, if you have Daniel chapter 2, verse 47, uh, can tell us uh, this. Do you have that one ready? Yes. It says here, in verse 46, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly, you, truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings and revealer of secrets since you could reveal the secret. And then the king actually promoted Daniel, gave him many gifts. And, uh, yeah, so he he was amazed. And he said, this is the God above all gods. I mean, they had many gods back then. Is this a question to resound in our ears today, mm. to give that uh, praise to God? Mm. If this pagan king was able to say that about the God of Daniel... If you look in the Bible and see how this word of God is telling us about the times we live in. And please stay with us for this month because we are really going to search the Bible and have an understanding about the plan of God for us and for this time we live in. And you know, Nick, just to finish, and I was short of time, but in chapter 4 of Daniel, the only book in the Bible that is actually written by a heathen, written by a king, Nebuchadnezzar himself, uh, who, de- who actually writes uh, 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 Daniel chapter 4. Amazing. Mm. Yep. And you know, uh, just to, um, a few points to remember uh, from this uh, program today. God has ultimate control over the world. Mm. We are living in the last days of Earth's history. We are not going to scare people, but this is reality. God's new kingdom will last forever. This is the kingdom where we should have our citizenship. Amen. Will you be ready, my dear listener? Will you be ready? After hearing about this God, amazing God, understanding the future, and the, who has the ultimate control of the events of this planet, are you willing for him to lead into the future of your life. I hope you'll say yes, because I did that. I was running away from that almighty God for many years, but when God caught up with me, and now when I look back, I could say, how could I waste so much time in my life? It looks like our time is up for today. Thank you for joining Nick, Krita, and Eric Hall for Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask What are the signs of the times? If you would like to have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305-077 or email me at ioncrita at yahoo.com. That's I-O-N-C-R-E-T-A at yahoo.com. Really looking forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. You can find this in John 14, 27. May God richly bless you. Eric, 
Thank you very much for uh, joining us today and sharing from the Word of God this amazing uh, uh, news about uh, our God. Thank you, Thank you. We are going to just uh, finish uh, today with a song. Please uh, listen to The Way He Loves. Well, I like the way He loves me. I enjoy 